0: FM WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight, Jeff Shannon. Okay, good morning. On this Sunday morning, welcome to Sumner County Spotlight. I'm your host, Jeff Shannon, and each week we try to bring in folks that are doing great things here in Sumner County. I had to reach out to this young feller, and he's just all over the place and active, and where do you hear the things that he has done? We're talking about Jamie Teachner. Jamie, welcome to the show. When I saw everything you were doing, I was just Blown away. So I said, I have to have you in here. (laughs) So let's start off. Introduce yourself,
1: do some background. Well, thank you so much. Uh, uh, To God be the glory for the good things, for sure. Well, my name is Jamie Teachner, and I'm just uh, thankful as I can be to be raising my family here in Sumner County and and get to be a part of this great community. And we we live uh, kind of over in the Capscap area, if you know where that is. And um, we love it. My wife is is, uh, my high school sweetheart. She's assistant principal at Merrill Hyde. Okay. And and then my kiddos uh, both go to Liberty Creek. Lily is uh, our our daughter. She's 13 and she's in eighth grade at, at Liberty Creek Middle School. And then mm-hmm. our son is is uh, 16 and he's a, he's a sophomore at Liberty Creek High School. Right. And so um, oh, she's a cheerleader and he he plays football and you know he's a songwriter and um, singer and he just you know loves that. So that, they're just a lot of fun and you know really really feel uh, grateful that we have such fun kids that we get to spend yeah. time with.
0: But what a great school! Oh my gosh! I mean that's my son goes there as well but it's like you just learn so much about that place and what's coming in the future you know as they start building the other parts of the schools and uh, that's that's going to be a game changer in sumner county
1: you're right i i I have to say i think that i think i mean all over sumner county i think we're in really strong shape we've got some great uh, administration great teachers great staff that just really love on our kids and um i've gotten to see that firsthand just from from Jen's, uh, you know, life and and education. And I'm just really thankful, you know, that my kids get poured into and invested in sure. uh, from this community and, and we we really we love you know being the recipients of, of we, we were at beach and that was fantastic mm-hmm. and uh, and you know and, at TW Hunter before that and then and then Liberty Creek uh, now and it's just you know it's been wonderful both experiences and then I love getting to spend time with the, a lot of the students at Merrill Hyde a lot of times because you know coming in to see my wife and then yeah. I've gotten to kind of be a guest on a few things uh, there and so just really really love her so how long has she been there so she this is her second year okay and uh, Darren Frank's the principal there she loves it loves the loves the staff there loves the teachers and the students I, I think one thing that's really unique about Merrill Hyde um, you know leaving academics aside just the fact that it's a k-12 school she gets to spend time with with all ages and mm-hmm. so um that that really is a lot of fun you know because you get to see them at, at all different stages of life and i think there's kids have a lot to offer a lot of fun things about them at every stage uh you know uh, even through the uh you know from kindergarten all the way through uh, 12th grade i think i think that's one of the most fun things about that
0: well and kids just when they have a great facility and the history of course at merrill hyde is phenomenal as well but i think when they're in a, in a great environment I think it helps their learning, you know, because they're not stressed out about ceiling tiles falling in and mold and, you know, all of these kind of things. But, but having, a, you know, a good set of teachers and a good teaching staff, I think, is, is really the key here. And, of course, Sumner County is full of great teachers. Mm-hmm. and we love our teachers here <laughs>
1: absolutely yes
0: so and full of great students too yeah, yeah well and that's 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 the case and i think i did see something where the state of tennessee was ranking pretty high up you know as far as academics go just we're ranking high in everything absolutely.
1: that's where everybody wants to move here
0: absolutely <laughs> so what is your your background what you were in the air force i see that Yeah. yes
1: so i for years and years i only did music industry i was mm-hmm. a songwriter you know i sang and Performed and uh, you know produced some records, played music. My background, I was a piano player, keyboard player, um, you know, guitar player, some too. But it was always it always kind of fell second, even though I love it very much. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I I grew up on the Jerry Lee and Ray Charles kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of music and so uh, i could i could go on and on about how much i love that my dad's a rockabilly guy and um i got the privilege of inducting him i was one of the, i was the person that spoke when he was inducted in the rockabilly hall of fame and so jim teaching her and um really enjoyed that uh, over in jackson you know mm-hmm. over carl perkins territory yeah wow and so i i did music for years i was um i started out my career at murrah music uh, with roger murrah you know he had he had a lot of Success as a songwriter, and then he went on to be uh, independent publisher for, of the year for I think six years in a row or something like that. He just really blossomed, and, and that was a, a great spot for me because I feel like that I feel like the one of Roger's strong suits. He's a, a really strong editor. Mm-hmm. and I think a lot of times young songwriters when they're starting out they don't have a strong editor to kind of show them uh, the ropes of why you would not say the you would say that or why you would not say certain type of you know rhyme or whatever that is you know and and those things really do make a difference you know sure. and, and when you can point to it and so then I went on from that went to uh, I was at Giant Slayer with uh, Rory Feek and Tim Johnson. Wow. And my first single on the radio was How Do You Get That Lonely by yeah. Blaine Larson uh-huh. uh, and uh, that was back in 05, 06. Mm-hmm. was was my first hit and then got to you know do a lot of fun things that's first time i played the opry because of that song and that was what led to that you know um and then i also got to you know go and you know do a lot of great national television and everything like that through that time and then i ended up writing songs you know for many more years and mm-hmm. uh, had songs recorded by a lot of different folks and i always well, say I mean, I this have,
0: list i mean you, you work with uh, trace atkins a uh, little luke bryant there montgomery gentry colin ray and it goes on and on
1: well thanks. i, I always <laughs> say i have more misses than hits uh, but don't we all and sometimes yeah. we learn more from from the misses then we do the hits. Yeah. I did that for years, and then I, I really felt uh, that the Lord was really kind of revealing to me that I, I was finding too much of my identity in the music industry, too much security in the music industry. Mm-hmm. And I needed to find my identity in Christ uh, as, a, as a disciple of Christ. And so I just really um, kind of laid that aside and, and uh, decided I didn't want to have that that kind of, it was not any way to live or any anything to teach my children to do that and, and rely too much on who I thought I was. Uh, you know, we all, we all think we're somebody more than we really are. So I, I'm thankful for all those songs recorded and all mm-hmm. that uh, and all the places I played, all the people I met, all the things. I started looking through the Craigslist for old vintage guitars Somehow I stumbled on. Now, I don't know if I went over to the job section or if I was uh, actually just still looking in the in the guitars. The reason why I don't know is because it's only on there for four hours. I found out from the mm-hmm. Pentagon, but they were advertising they wanted a, a country singer for the Air Force Academy band, Wild wow. Blue Country, and I wow. thought this is this has
0: got to be a joke. <laughs> yeah. So I just like laid right in front of you. It's oh, like, how did goodness. that get there?
1: Hmm. Exactly. And so that was my moment to where I. Um, I, it was service before self is one of the, one of the uh, you know, I mean, the Air Force, you know, we, we say uh, integrity first, service before self, and excellence in all we do, one of the core values. And so that service before self, I felt like it was a way to truly rearrange my priorities a, as a statement at, out of principle. Mm-hmm. And so I wound up calling to make sure that it was correct. I spoke with uh, Tech Sergeant Monica Dean uh, at the time is who she was. And so it wound up being a friend of ours. But I said, hey, is this legitimate? She said, yes, it is. And so I I've sent in some material and recorded some material. They wanted me to do like six songs plus the anthem, Uh, you know, because you sing the anthem a lot as a Mm -hmm. singer in the -hmm. the military, uh, as I found out. Which I loved, and I wound up going into that, and with an open mind. But I knew I was going to be there. I just I, it wasn't because I was the best person. It wasn't that. I just I was positive, and so I I put Colorado Springs weather on my phone weather app. Mm-hmm. You know, I put that that city on there. When I put that city on my weather app, I told my wife, I said, I, "Do you think I'm qualified for this?" And she kind of giggled, you know. And she's been so uh, amazing just to. Kind of helped me chase dreams throughout my whole life. And, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, high school sweetheart. And so um, she said, Yeah, of course. And so then I just I started praying about it and doing a lot of push ups and running a lot more. And uh, and then.
0: So you were enlisted. You I, enlisted in the I Air Force. I did.
1: Yeah. I did. I enlisted. And I had to enlist if I wanted to do music. Right. Otherwise, I would have had to be a conductor or not do music at all. Okay. And I, I'm not a conductor. Right. Uh, not even with the train, uh, you know. Yes, <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I, I, they came out to Music Row and auditioned. And wow. they went to other cities, too, and they were auditioning. Mm-hmm. There were, you know, it, was a, it was a call for people everywhere. And so they offered me the job, and then they sent me a letter, uh, an official document from the Pentagon stating that if I came in the Air Force, that that would be my job as a, a vocalist. And so I sang and recorded an album for Wild Blue Country. Uh And uh, it was the first time that there was ever a fully original in-house or album that had ever been done with any of the military bands. Fully original, fully self-contained. And so I actually had a single that charted on the radio. Uh, as the Air Force Academy band Wild Blue Country. It's called Here We Are. Uh-oh. And so it meant a lot to me to get to be a part of that history and uh, just to be a part of that uh, moment in life because it was it was very much what I did before the Air Force. Mm-hmm. I was doing for my country at that how, moment. How perfect. And so then wow. I, I was in there for uh, for three years and three months. We lived in Colorado Springs, but we were still Tennessee residents. Right. And then when we came back, we, we were living in Franklin. Uh, when we came back we prayed about that a lot and uh, as you can imagine uh, where do we go where do we go we go back home we go somewhere else or what and so we we felt like that we were supposed to be in Sumner County we really really spent a lot of time yeah. praying about yeah. that and came back and then was encouraged by a few folks they they just kind of mentioned hey the election's going to be coming up you know what do you think about maybe running for office and I I said, well, uh, I don't know. And uh, I prayed about it for about a month and a half. And then I, I really wasn't finished serving. If I was allowed the opportunity in any capacity to serve, I mean, you know, uh, I was I, I welcomed the chance. And then I, I ran as a write-in because uh, – This
0: is for the Summer County Commission. Yes, for the yeah, Summer County yeah. Commission.
1: And, uh, and so I, I'm District 14 Summer County Commissioner. Just love that so much. Love the people out there. And I was actually removed from the ballot because I didn't vote in all the primaries mm. while I was in the Air Force. So, uh, okay. that was the, I mean, there, there were uh, uh, that was the main bulk of my time that I could have even voted in primaries was mm-hmm. was then, and um, I voted in the general election, you know, would send in my absentee, but I didn't really feel like it would be appropriate for me to vote in the local elections of Williamson County knowing we were coming to Sumner,
0: right, yeah. and
1: we weren't right. Sumner County residents yet. Right. What an amazing blessing to be removed from the ballot. I mean, I, I'm, I'm thankful every day for that because I got the opportunity to meet my neighbors, and uh, and so as I represent them, I feel like I know what their thoughts are. I gave my cell phone number out to everybody, and it's still. Now your um, district? What's the boundaries? District fourteen. The so I, I I'm, it's like if you go up to like twenty five, okay, kind of the south side of twenty five, Cotton Town. Uh, yeah, and uh, all the it, Cotton Town, and it goes. Over, I don't really have any real, really any cities in right. there at all. I'm, there might be the very edge of Section of White House, maybe like a, a few feet, mm-hmm. basically, <laughs> but uh, if anything, uh, but. It goes over to Highway 31 and, uh, you know, across 76, over 31, and uh, comes down. Uh, so it's, it's all the way to Robertson County, and it goes over to Upper Station Camp Creek Road over to Long Hollow Pike. Mm-hmm. And then there's like – it kind of – you know, there's like a yeah. – it's a, it's a jagged line <laughs> up through there. I don't have really, really hardly any subdivisions. It's almost all uh, rural, residential.
0: big properties out there. Oh, absolutely! In you're our, gonna walk down those driveways. You're gonna, well, you're gonna have a long walk. <laughs> I, I had some.
1: I had a, one that was a. I looked. I can't remember what it was. It's was like two or two and a half miles um, down uh, one gentleman's driveway. And, he called me and he said, no one's ever come down here before. And uh, it was beautiful out there. I mean, everybody's home. I just loved getting to hear everybody's sure. stories. Got to pray with some folks and got to hear their stories. I don't know that. I, I think I got a lot more out of it than, than they did. And um, I know I did. And I think that was one of my most thankful things about it, just getting to know my neighbors so well. Mm-hmm. You know, I really hope and pray that I represent them well. But but then I also, uh, so on, the, on another note, I uh, work two days a week in Clarksville, Tennessee. I'm not doing music business full-time uh, anymore i still do it fu- i still do it full-time but i don't it's not my only mm-hmm. job i work up there at a, a commercial glass and door company and so uh, and then and then i also teach at uh, at mtsu and so we can talk wow. more about that
0: <laughs> you are busy <laughs> that's for sure hey we're talking about jamie teachner we we have so much more to talk about let's take a break when we come back we're going to find out a lot more about what you're doing and then what the future holds for you so stick around we'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. And welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight. We're going to continue our conversation with Jamie Teachner. Now, he's got a lot to say. I mean, his experiences are... blows me away. I mean, your songwriting and the people that you work with uh, is, is just fascinating. And it had to be a learning experience, you know, working with these folks.
1: It was very much. And uh, that was what was so wonderful is I, I didn't realize that, uh, you know, the first part of my career was setting me up for uh, more things to come, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because now I, I teach songwriting at MTSU. Love that so much. I, I, and I, I'm just an adjunct. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not, right. I'm not down there full time. down there on Fridays. I just, I love that. That so much I love the, the students there I learn a lot from them I always think I get more out of that than, mm-hmm. than they do and then I also I teach online at my old alma mater um, Oakland City University in Indiana so I, I, I'm not from Indiana but I went up there on a music scholarship and so I, I majored uh, my undergrad was in business and my wife also went up there and she, her undergrad was in education up there okay. and uh, she wound up uh, going to Lipscomb for her master's uh, in education and then I, I went to Troy uh, University for my MBA and then I and then I got my PhD from from Liberty University and uh, that was when I got my Ph.D. I, I started teaching. So I, I didn't teach before that, but mm, okay. enjoyed that. And so anyway, the reason why I say it, it set me up is those experiences. When I was in the Air Force uh, writing songs and, and all that, I think there was a, there was a lot of fun Because I got to share a lot of those stories, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I traveled around um, the country for the academy and for the Pentagon would have kind of one mission and the academy would have one mission. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but we were out of Colorado Springs at Peterson Air Force Base, which now is Space Force Base. And so I got to work a lot with Space Command. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it was Air Force Space Command before it was U.S. Space Command, I got to know um, a lot of the folks there. Uh, originally, General Hyten, and then General Raymond, who wound up being um, the father of the Space Force. He's the he's the first uh, Chief of Space Operations that just retired. Well, um, tell people
0: what the Space Force is. I mean, what's its absolutely. mission?
1: So the space space has been around a long time. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, so just like the Air Force was mm-hmm. around for a long time, the, the first person, uh, the first the first branch to purchase planes was the Department of the Army. And uh, and they they when they first started coming out, mm-hmm. and then the the Air Force was born out of that. Uh, you know, like the early nineteen hundreds, that started, and then nineteen forty seven is how long it took for there to be a separate branch.
0: Really, just wow. like
1: then uh, when the Air Force was born, uh, it was said that we can never lose sight of the ultimate high ground, which is space, because. Mm-hmm really space is a continuation of the air but it's past the atmosphere and so we didn't realize how i guess they realized the early founders of that realized it but how much looking forward that we would rely on space you know all the satellites just and if you just think about just going to if you if you're taking your kids to you know to across the country on a on a vacation, you're using GPS. Mm-hmm. But then also, if you're a Marine in the middle of the desert, you're using GPS. Sure. So th- that's all controlled by space, 100%. Mm-hmm. Space Force. And so it was Air- United States Air Force and then it was Space Command and all the different space. There there were not just Space Command. That's a combatant command. But there were a lot of different groups that were space. First space group stood up was in 1961, I believe it was. And then uh, Space Command started in 1982. The thing is, is they train and equip uh, and organize. People don't realize this probably, but space is a, a ground branch. So all Space Force people are on the ground. Yeah. And uh, they are watching up to the sky uh-huh. so they're they're actually not flying across the universe which sounds really fun and delightful <laughs> but you know uh, it seems like they're, they're kind of hard to take leave if you were yeah, flying across yeah. the universe but <laughs> kidding. but uh, but that's what space force does I mean they they sounds they,
0: like very star Trekish uh, well it, it's really <laughs> we haven't got it's, there yet but
1: <laughs> it, it, that does sound star Trek-ish, but space force is really not it's very much like what they've done for years and it's uh, it's satellite oriented they control the satellites and they make sure that there are no threats. When, if there's like a, a ballistic threat, like a, a missile that is launched, then our, our guardians are watching and they see those hot spots and they can, they can uh, send something to uh, stop that threat. Mm-hmm. It, it takes, the last I heard when I was in Greenland, they told me it took 24 seconds to launch a counter to the ballistic threat because you know it takes a second for the missile to get off the ground. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. a hot spot for a second. And so, uh, and they've got they've got the old, uh, old-fashioned old red phone that goes directly to yeah. the president. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and so, uh, that that's what space does. I hope that's clear enough. I mean, there, there, you can read about it. There's a lot of amazing uh, information out there that's true. Sure. And then there's a lot of things that are not true that are, you know, fun and everything. Like, you know, if, if you, like, listen, yeah. like I love some of the comedians, but the things that they're making fun of are fun and all that but it, it's not really what the Space Force does it's like right. me making fun of your dog for being a cat it's not It's not really <laughs> yeah. it's like it may be funny but it yeah. doesn't apply because it's not what they do right. and so I got the opportunity to work with them and That's great. loved it so much and then they, they asked me if I would um, write a song and submit it as a possibility for the Space Force Anthem. Uh, okay. "Semper Supra" uh, is what it wound up being called, and, and it was adopted and, and revealed to the world on um, the 20th of September of, of this last year,
0: 2022.
1: Wow. And uh, got to go to uh, D.C. area, to National Harbor in Maryland, and, and at the Airspace and Cyber Conference, and we released it to the world there, and the singing sergeants sang it. But I'm, I'm so grateful for that because uh, just to get to continue working with, with Space Force and, and Air Force in some capacity. And you means wrote this. Me. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Well. That's why you're good at songwriting, <laughs> and it was it was this.
1: arranged by uh, Sean Nelson in, in the uh, Coast Guard, and so he he did a tremendous job. He, yeah, he uh, you know I, I wrote the words and melody, but he, but he yeah. arranged it and did a fantastic job. Yeah. So
0: you know I've always said I'm just fascinated with songwriting and and how you're able to do that because it's it's so powerful what words are. Recently, my wife's aunt passed away, and sorry to hear that. I am the one with the archival of the photograph, so I had to put together a slideshow just to play at the the you know the service and things like that and it's kind of a life throughout the years you know fun pictures and all of this and I had to find the right song there was a song that Kenny Rogers came out with prior to his passing and it was called goodbye every word it just fell right into place mm. and of course it makes you tear up you know because yeah. the words are so poignant and have so much meaning to it and that's just so powerful how a song written on a piece of paper or on a computer Can impact so many lives
1: So much I mean I tell my students at MTSU And my my own kids too You know Music You can look at it In a very mathematical way Mathematical And it's just If you take the fact that You know There are only 12 notes On a piano Or a guitar Even a painting You know A lot of times You know You you can look at a painting And a lot of times It'll be Or a really great picture Is divided up Maybe in thirds Or whatever But that mathematical part Is fantastic But really True art is math plus emotion mm-hmm. and that emotion factor is something we can't figure. and sometimes it's like it's like that old he Prestwood song the song remembers when. Mm -hmm. And boy, is that true. There's sometimes that you can hear a song, and it'll almost break your heart, Mm -hmm. and you don't know what it is. And sometimes you don't even remember what that emotion is, but it takes you back to the way you felt. Right. You may not remember what time it was, but it it hurts sometimes. Powerful. Sometimes it gives you joy. Yes. so powerful what music can do, or even just uh, art in general.
0: Right. Well, you know, in the radio business, we we love music. Yes. (laughs) And there's a, a, throughout the history, you just learn to love all kind of genres, you know, whether it be blues or country or bluegrass, opera, heavy metal. I mean, there's always something there that you're, is going to attach to you. And some people say, well, like they hate country music. Well, I don't think they hate it. They just don't understand, or they don't particularly like that kind of sound. But it's still, I always tell them, say, listen to the words. Oh, yeah. You listen to the words of the song, you forget. what genre it is and you attach because it's real life you're talking about real life scenarios and things that have happened to this person or to many people that they can relate to that song and that's the power
1: you're right i mean uh, i think i've got the heart of a storyteller and i think we all do Mm -hmm. i think this is american spirit yeah. I believe that we all we all love a good story. Sometimes whenever that you can hear it correctly done, I mean, you know, sometimes people will say, Well, I don't like country music and you'll say, Well, do you like and you'll say to some other artist and it'll be they'll say, Yeah, I love it and they may not be called country music, but I think that I think country almost the word itself almost did it a disservice because it really is a storyteller music and a and a, and kind of a I think Americana probably got closer to what it was, but in the original days it was more of like a
0: it was called hillbilly music it was that's what the they called it music, yep. and then it was country western yes you know back when i guess the western sound western was swing there was going then, on then they dropped that now it's Absolutely. just flat country now you know so and then there's bro country and then there's it <laughs> <Yes. laughs> goes on and on <laughs> hey listen you know we, we were talking a little bit about you just recently got elected to the Sumner county commission so how has that been going for you
1: it's been wonderful i i I really have enjoyed serving alongside all the other uh, commissioners. And you got a bunch uh,
0: of new folks on the commission. This there time. are a lot of
1: new folks. It, it, I think that that's one of the most beautiful things about a representative form of government is people have the opportunity to vote. I think that's one of the most powerful things. Even if it meant me not being elected uh, or whatever, I think that just people voting is so important. Ultimately, the people's voice needs to be heard. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, they would vote for me if I was running because I'd hope that I was listening to what they were saying. But truthfully, we have such a beautiful thing because a republic is set up where that we're elected by the people, you know, to do the will. And I, I really believe that once we're elected to that that seat, especially as a county commissioner, I believe it's like like I feel like I took a demotion from the American voting citizen because I'm less. My opinion is less important. If I'm doing my job correctly. Exactly. And, uh, and I don't matter as much as they do. And so. Well, you're their I voice. Absolutely. Of your
0: constituents. That's what you have vote. to do. And, and that's why they put you there, so you can let them know what's going on and, and pass that along. And I think a lot of pe- people abuse that. Yes. Because they get the power hungry kind of thing. And, you know, maybe term limits is a thing that prevents that. But having that that voice of the people is, is so important. And I think the the folks that do that, and they feel that their representative has their back. You're going to be successful,
1: and and ultimately, if we have the backs of the people we represent, we're going to pour into them a, an idea or an ideal, I guess you'd say, that is that American spirit of mm-hmm. where that because ultimately we want someone else to represent us when we're not in office. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying that for everybody. Sure. I, that's how I feel anyway. Yeah. I want someone to represent me well when I'm not in office and then represent my children well when, you know, you understand all exactly. that. Because we want to – pass that torch and carry it on because we want to bring up more I don't I don't think we're really leaders in that we have to be we have to really know the pulse of what's going on around us. Exactly. It's easy to miss that,
0: but I think it's really important. Sure. Since your short time in office right now because it was just what September sure. when you started. What is the the one thing that you've learned up to this point?
1: Always make decisions on principle. Is is number 1 and and I think that – I and I said this before, and I've really, really done my all my strength to make sure that I follow these, these guidelines. Mm-hmm. But I, I believe that if I listen to the voice of what the people want – now, I don't mean just Facebook. I don't mean just a passing person on the street, but the ones that really want something. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes those are divided, but you try to look at the majority of what people want. And you filter that through the Constitution, which is our legal – Mm -hmm. And knowing we're legally correct, document. And then I'm a Christian, so I've filtered that through the Bible. So if I take what they want filtered through the Constitution and the Bible, I believe it's going to be keeping with the uh, voice of what uh, b- being that vote for what the people want you know through that I think that's one thing I've learned I think another thing I've learned is sometimes people have made up their most of the time people's made up their mind on how their constituents want them to vote mm-hmm. when they come into, or at least they should have mm-hmm. when they come into the chambers and I think that sometimes we'll have a long discussion and we already everyone already knows how the people want us to vote yeah and so And and it may be different for me as as it is to the person sitting beside me. But, you know, you understand what I'm saying about that. So I think that sometimes we discuss longer, maybe just to be on record. But I I think that a lot of times we just need to know that if we know our people – that's we know right. how we can That's vote right. principal right. Uh, decisions.
0: So we've been talking with uh, Jamie Teachner, District 14, yes, sir. Sumner County Commissioner, singer-songwriter, educator, former Air Force. I mean, it's it, impressive. And keep doing what you're doing. Can't wait to see what happens for you in the near future. Shout out to your wife and the kids, and uh, just keep going.
1: Well, thank you so much. Absolutely. I I really appreciate you having me on, and thank you for all you do for the community. Thank you. And thank you for this radio station. I think that radio is the heart of of what what makes people love music in the first place. Absolutely. thank you. All right.
0: Let's take a little break. We'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight. I'm your host, Jeff Shannon, and we're here every Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, as we have always stated. And of course, this uh, broadcast will be on our podcast page at whinradio.com starting about noon on uh, this Sunday. So I've got a new guest in the studio and I I've been trying to get Chris in here for some time, but he's been a little busy. He is the aviation instructor over at Liberty Creek High School. Welcome, uh, Chris Peterson, right here, man. Thanks for coming in.
2: Hey, thanks Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Well, this is an incredible thing. An aviation program in high school is just a game changer. But how did all of this come about, and how did you make this happen?
2: Well, it's, it's an interesting story, actually. Uh, my wife and I uh, moved out here uh, to Sumner County just about a year and a half ago. I was previously teaching, at uh, Corona High School in Southern California and I had been there for about 24 years or so uh, and I taught I was a band director and I was a video production teacher and around 2018 or so I had kind of pitched the idea of having a, an, an aviation program at the at the high school. Uh, I was a flight instructor the CT director at the time I thought it was a great idea and went with it so we decided to start that program and uh, no pun intended but it literally took off <laughs> and it was a, it was a hit. Uh, And then fast forward through COVID and all of that, and my wife and I decided we wanted to make a a change for our family, and so we we were looking looking around. We had a friend of ours who taught at at Gallatin High School. We were in touch with her, and we found out about a job fair uh, for Sumner County teachers, Mm -hmm. and I... Went to the job fair with my wife, <laughs> and we were some of the older older teachers at this job fair. Um, but uh, I sat down with Chase Moore, the CTE director at Sumner County. Now, what does
0: CTE mean?
2: That's career and technical education. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And uh, and I know um, Ben Bruce was there as well. Um, the two of them uh, kind of interviewed me a little bit, and we talked, and I, I shared with them what I had done with the aviation program at, at Corona, and I noticed that there was nothing like that in Sumner County. Yeah. So I kind of said hey is that something you guys would like to have and and it was it was really a really perfect timing uh for for all of that and so fast forward from there they decided yes we want it i had been informed that liberty creek high school was uh under construction my wife and i bought a bought a house nearby next thing you know it's uh, real it's it's real <laughs> we moved um all the way across the country and they have three children as well and uh so we started up this past it was past August 1st. It's been outstanding. We've had just an incredible run so far, and it's only the first semester down.
0: And I, for everything that I'm hearing, and I've talked to other teachers, talked to, you know, Philip Holt and everything, and he's just ecstatic about this uh, program. And everybody that I talked to is just an amazing thing and when I heard this I, I it almost went what in high school they're teaching this what a great great program to have and these kids are so excited to get involved
2: yeah and it's it's actually uh, it's taking taking this idea of putting you know real-world careers in, in the hands of kids right and the AOPA the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association Around 2018 or so, started the high school STEM curriculum. And at the time, it, there was, it was only in just a, a few high schools, and now in about 350 or so high schools around the country. AOPA has their curriculum and they provide a free curriculum for 9th through 12th grade and it is geared towards uh, both manned and unmanned aerial systems so pilots as well as drone pilots. Mm-hmm. It is definitely catching fire around the country as far as students wanting to get involved in aviation and I'm sure as what you all know there has never been a better time to be a pilot than now. Well, you
0: know it <laughs> especially in light of this uh, past winter storm. Yeah this is just True, <laughs> it'd be so frustrating for pilots, you know. That, yep. But hey, you know it is what it is. But mm-hmm. you know, I just think it's an exciting thing that the kids have this this choice. They can use this curriculum to get their license or their certificate. And there, and what is the age group before you can get a pilot's license? What's there's an age limit there?
2: Yeah. So I teach grades nine through twelve, right? But for a pilot's license, a student can solo at the age of sixteen years old. And they can get their private pilot certificate at the age of 17 years old. Wow. So I have one student right now. We just went around. Today was the first, first day of, of the new semester. And, and this girl says to me, uh, her name is Lily. And she just said, yeah, you know, I want to get my, my pilot's license on my 17th birthday. I'm like, boom, there's your goal. Let's do this, <laughs> right? It's exciting. So, uh, But students can can go fly at any, at any age. We took students to Lebanon uh, this past fall to the EAA Young Eagles flight. And that is a an opportunity for students to get a free airplane flight, and kind of give them a taste of flight. Mm-hmm. And and the uh, EAA chapter at Lebanon was so supportive; they were great. Thanks, shout out to Matt down there for uh, helping us out. And we brought maybe 20 or 25 kids. And there are pilots that are there that are donating their time, they're donating their airplanes, they're donating fuel uh, to take these kids up and give them that that first taste of wow. flight. And after that, boy, these kids were really hooked. You thought they were hooked before, but now they were really hooked. And it was one kid after the other. I, I got this on my website, but there's a video. And one kid after another, it was like... They come down and they said this is what I'm supposed to do or they say this is what I want my career to be or I know what I'm supposed to do now and I was floored my jaw just hit the floor because I knew it would
0: be impactful but that uh, was remarkable that, yeah no well and you were saying 16 and 17 and, and you know as parents we freak out when they want to drive a car absolutely and then you're gonna put them up in the air <laughs> yep <laughs> don't yeah. run into any buildings. Yeah, or run well, into the side of the mountain, you know. <laughs>
2: yeah, a, a lot of what we what we talk about in the class is is being your own pilot in command. So when you're the pilot in command, you're responsible for the for, you're the final authority for the safety and outcome of the flight. Mm-hmm. And we talk about that like on day 1. So they should be their own pilot in command when they're on the ground Absolutely. now making good decisions. So we mm-hmm. talk about aeronautical decision making and how that that affects, you know, the safety of flight. We're talking about good decision making now on the ground so when they're when they're how they how they act in a classroom, how they walk through the hallways, how they interact with staff members, how they choose to go about their daily lives. Mm-hmm. because if they and I tell them I say if you cannot make good decisions on the ground, then you cannot make those good decisions up in the air. It's a little scary up there. <laughs>
0: yeah, well. Cuz there's only one way you can go.
2: That's right. You can't pull over <laughs> the next gas station, you know, <laughs> so yes. you got to make sure you're on your game. Yeah.
0: But the, our kids, you know, they're they're growing up with PS5s and the Xboxes and they're learning. They, there's flight games on there and there's war games. There's all kinds of games. But it's just amazing how they can take to the their control of their fingers and move these things around. And doing flight simulators, I think would be incredible. That would that would just be a rush just doing that. Absolutely, they these kids today
2: have have uh, such an inherent ability to use the computer, use game systems, and things like that. In our classroom, we have a state of the art, incredible <laughs> flight sim lab. That is, it's got to be one of one of the best I would say in the country with what we have there. And uh, I do let students know that look, this is these are not video games. We treat these like they are essentially like they're airplanes. We approach them that way. Mm-hmm so uh you know starting the semester with my aviation one kids and it's going to be all checklist based just like it would be for the actual airplane you know they're not flipping them upside down and doing barrel rolls and mm-hmm. things like that it's, yeah. it's it's all based around the private pilot curriculum you
0: treat this just like as if this was a real thing
2: as if it's the real thing absolutely absolutely yeah and then yeah there might be the the one time when a when a kid is he's done everything or she's done everything as they're supposed to and it's and it's gone really, really well and so maybe their reward would be okay, now you want to fly that F sixteen through the Grand Canyon and turn and burn and be Maverick or whatever, then yes. go for it. And <laughs> then the then they get to. So so we have we have that as well.
0: Yeah, that was a, a pretty incredible movie. I mean, even the earlier ones, you know, with the what he was doing and it, this one was just like It was awesome. That that G force thing, that what G ten where they yeah. go, Oh mm-hmm. man, that was I mean you almost felt that. I mean mm-hmm. that's that's how realistic it was but i think it's just an incredible program to have and and you're they're teaching drones so they can get their drone license as well that's
2: right yeah Yeah. so so one of our goals is to get kids knowledge ready so they can pass the part 107 unmanned aerial systems test or the commercial drone test Mm -hmm. all kids will receive their recreational drone certificate because many people out there don't know that you know you get yourself a drone and you're going to go fly this drone you are supposed to have a recreational certificate now it Mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't really cost anything you go through those very simple question mm-hmm. questions online and then you get it and you print it off and you keep it with you so every kid will get that and some kids won't want to necessarily go all the way through getting the the part 107 commercial drone certificate what i'm really concerned about is i don't want these kids getting a drone for let's say their birthday or for for christmas or something and then going out and doing something that is irresponsible with it i'm a pilot so i'm flying real airplanes up there and the last thing i want to see is hey, there's a drone right in front of me that I couldn't see until the last minute, yeah, and yeah. that could be very, very bad. And sure. so, <laughs> um, so we obviously safety is is number one. And so these kids are learning, you know, about the the rules of the air, rules of the road, so to say. And then they're also learning how to physically control the drones. Uh, And then this semester, they're going to learn how to program some of these drones as well Mm -hmm. so that they can fly autonomously. It's really
0: awesome stuff. So explain what autonomously means.
2: Well, we've got some drones that can be programmed where... Let's say we create a course and it might have like a wall in front of them that's maybe six feet tall. And then past the wall, there might be, let's say, almost like a hula hoop suspended. And then we, but that's down maybe two or three feet off the ground. So they would have to take the measurements uh, and then go to the software. And then enter in the correct calculations oh. in order to uh, make the drone perform once they've created their entire program. they set the drone on on like the start spot and they press go and at that point, the drone then would follow the instructions as they were given. <laughs> This so crazy. so, <laughs> did they give them correctly or not? Yeah, And then, you know, it flies over, over the wall, then it comes down to two feet off the ground, and it flies forward, then it yaws or rolls, ni- you know, ni- yaws yeah. rather 90 degrees to the right and flies, you know, over to the next obstacle, then lands. So that's, that's being programmed, but we also have other drones that will lock on, so to say, to let's say, a subject, a person, a a person on a bike, a car. So once they are airborne and then we lock on, that thing is not going to lose track of that vehicle or that person. (laughs) Wow. And one of the drones we have will avoid, it'll avoid all obstacles. That's its first priority. And then second is to to continue to keep the the vehicle or the person in the shot. But it's, uh, it's never hit anything. And it once it's locked in it goes so it shows kids what the technology is like now and this is only 2023 I
0: know so
2: where will this be in another five years Mm -hmm. or so Mm -hmm.
0: remarkable it is and but a lot of people I when drones you know first started to become a thing it was like a toy you know Mm -hmm. pretty much but then I guess they started to get more advancement and you know the DGI things and all the the, these you know bigger kind of uh, units that there are rules that you have to follow and there's a whole big list of them yeah and you have to take and if you're doing that kind of level you have to have the the commercial license Mm -hmm. for for drones is that correct Mm -hmm. yeah
2: yeah yeah that's and it's and it's a great idea also because there there are let's say if you want to go fly in certain areas right you pull up an app on your phone it'll tell you whether you can or can't fly there simply based on airspace and things Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. uh... now uh, individuals who have a Part 107 commercial drone certificate can often fly in places that recreational pilots cannot. So it, it allows the pilot to take on additional responsibility. But as a result, they're able to then fly in areas perhaps that recreational pilots cannot.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a great tool, and, you know, the cameras they put on these things are getting better and better all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a buddy of mine has one, and he has a commercial license. He just got it this past year, and... Uh It's just incredible, the footage that he can get from that. And the quality is just amazing. But yeah, we were talking about the rules and and things like that, which I think is important for people to understand that it just can be a play toy with the drones. It's serious business. And we're talking with Chris Peterson over at Liberty Creek High School. He's the aviation instructor over there. And, uh, hey, we have a whole lot more to talk about. And stick around for more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. And we're back with Sumner County Spotlight. Uh, Jeff Shannon here. We're going to continue our conversation with the incredible Chris Peterson. Liberty Creek High School, and at, I paused there for a second because I went, "How would this sound through a headset talking to the tower?" You know, <sharp inhale> you know? <laughs> that's a that's a whole new other thing you have to teach as well. That is, you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, we do that too. <laughs> yeah. So we were talking, and you were talking about these simulators you have. It would, would, and again, this has blown me away again. So tell us about these these projects? Well, we actually have a pretty darn wide variety of aviation training devices
2: or flight simulators in our room. Kind of the big news of our lab, it's very, very exciting. We are the only high school in the world that has access to these true course simulators. The only other place that actually uses these and has these is the United States Air Force Academy and wow. Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. Wow. And, of course, then Liberty Creek High School. And we were just fortunate enough to make the right connections. Ray Bedard, the owner of True course Simulations, and I sat down one morning over uh, breakfast in Nashville. Uh, we had a long conversation, and he wanted to know about what I was planning on doing with the, the program. And uh, I showed a lot of interest uh, because I I see the the value in virtual reality and it was a great partnership. So the uh, you know Sumner County was so supportive in in backing me for what I wanted for this program. So we have four of those simulators. Now you said not just here in Middle Tennessee. The world. In the world. There's no high school anywhere that has <laughs> wow. what we have as far, that as, is amazing. as far as these four particular simulators and then the accompanying curriculum. So there are, I believe, 77 or so lessons. They're private pilot-related lessons. Students sit down basically in the seat. They put on the VR headset, and the the base on which they sit uh, moves. It rumbles, wow. and it feels very, very real. It's stunning how realistic <laughs> it is. And then, of course, when you put on a VR headset and you're flying in, let's say, a Cessna and you look... You look left or you look right. You see as if you're sitting in the Cessna. That you is look amazing. out the window and look down, and, and you look out and you see down. So can I can I, mm-hmm.
0: I come and join the class? Hey, can I, I know be in your I, class. I, mean, <laughs> I, I know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy.
2: <laughs> so so wow. these uh these these kids have uh, just an opportunity like like none other, and and those simulators are are awesome. And then additionally, in our lab, we have FAA approved flight simulators uh, from Redbird flight simulations. So we have the the full motion FMX. And so students can come, they, they step up and they climb into the FMX. It's an enclosed simulator. And it, it has a, a Garmin G1000 glass cockpit. And it's swappable as well with a, uh, a steam gauge traditional uh, cockpit. It can be a single engine trainer like a Cessna, or it can be a multi-engine mm-hmm. like Piper Seminole. And of course, any airport in the world, And you can change the weather, we can change the wind and so on and so forth. And uh, we have a stationary version of, of that as well. And coming soon, it, it's not here yet. It's a uh, Redbird crosswind trainer. And I believe there are only about 45 or so of those in the world. Wow. And uh, that trainer will be uh, specifically for crosswind so that students can learn how to land in crosswinds.
0: So you, you, it teaches how to land sideways. <laughs> kind of. You're this looking out the window. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you see these planes, you know, these big birds coming in. Sideways to the runway, and then at the last minute they straighten out. That's right. That blows me away. That's right. <laughs> wow. That's exactly what they're going to be doing. That is yeah. incredible.
2: Yep. So, so wow. they have, it's, it's coordination of, of uh, you know, aileron input and rudder input, and so you're using your feet, you're using your hands, and so on and so forth. It's almost like being a, a drum set player yeah. in in some respect because there's all of these parts that have to come mm-hmm. together to put it on the center line, and mm-hmm. and then we we have a we have a couple of glime basic aviation training devices as well, and then we have some desktop simulators. That students start with. Mm -hmm. So they start on something called, um, well, it was Redbird Gift. Guided independent flight training is what it is. And and it's uh, essentially all of the, the maneuvers necessary to pass a private pilot check ride are um, displayed there. And then students can start with straight and level flight. Mm-hmm. And there's a little instructor kind of talking to them in, in the headset mm-hmm. uh, through the software, of course. There are standards, the airman certification standards, the same standards. Like if you were to go uh, over to the airport and start flying, mm-hmm. and when you take your check ride, you are held to the same standards. Wow. So these students fly... These missions, according to the standards, and at the end of, let's say, steep turns, it will give the student feedback, and it will say, did you meet the airman certification standards, or did you not meet it? Mm -hmm. Then that's where the, the gamification kind of comes in, because students receive a percentage. They receive a score. And so they then could go, oh, okay, I got an 82. I know I can do better than that. And mm-hmm. then they want to yeah. go back and do better. Yeah. And they're learning while they're doing that. And that's kind of how the other the other software is for these simulators as well. But everything was, was uh, purchased for a specific reason in my lab because no one simulator is exactly like an airplane. Mm-hmm. And there are specific parts of each simulator that bring the best in so that when these students come out of my simulators and they go into the airplanes, which we've done, and I've had some students come and fly with me as a a flight instructor at at jet access at the music city executive airport i do that Mm part-time so when they've come to fly with me they're outstanding i mean their very first flight they already know what they're doing yeah it's it's awesome
0: it's got to make you feel good it sure i mean it's like wow you know because it's something you enjoy it's not like it's a job for you I mean, you're having fun doing this. I I am
2: extremely (laughs) blessed to be doing what I'm doing. God has had his hand on this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. From our move out here to our placement. And, you know, my wife is also a uh, teacher at at Liberty Creek High School, and she's AP World and World History and and Sociology. And the fact that she's able to be there, which is awesome. And, you know, two of my kids go to Liberty, and (laughs) it's it's wonderful. It was meant to be. It
0: absolutely was. And And then you'd live right down the street from the school. I mean, it's not too shabby. Wow. <laughs> I mean, how how much better can it get? <laughs> uh, not a whole lot better. Because if the kids get in trouble, they know who to call right oh, now. That's right. They sure do. <laughs> and you come walking in with a the look, they, they're yep. going to know. <laughs> yep. We were talking on uh, before about a lot of the rules with aviation. I mean, there's tons and tons of rules and laws and things like that you have to follow. But in respect to uh, drones, so let's just go with what most people might be getting a drone for Christmas and that kind of thing. You know, it's not really the commercial Kind of grade drone, but there's still rules they have to follow. Mm-hmm. Let's cover a few of those. Yeah, so
2: some of the some of the most basic rules, and, and I'm glad you asked this because that is one of my. One of my uh, concerns and something I'm trying to help students almost become like champions of safety for drones because sometimes drones get a bad rap out there Mm -hmm. in the public. And, you know, somebody might say, oh, this drone was, you know, flying near my house or this drone was whatever. And and I want to make sure students are flying these drones safely and appropriately. So, you know, one of the main rules is we do not fly those drones over 400 feet above ground level. So the reason for that is because uh, air, airplanes can come down as low as 500 feet above ground level in, in sparsely populated areas. So there's a lot of farmland mm-hmm. out in out here, out in, in the Tennessee area sure. where we are in Sumner County and stuff. So if an airplane is coming down in the 500-foot range and a drone pilot is flying their drone at the 400-foot range, that only leaves a 100-foot buffer. And that is assuming that the altimeter is set correctly by the pilot in mm-hmm. the airplane. And that's assuming that the, uh, let's say the the terrain Uh, that they're flying over has not dropped or gone up so now we're 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 very very close um and i know for me as a pilot i in southern california i was on final for a runway and all of a sudden there goes this drone right i'm right off my wing wow almost hit it and uh that's 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 something you definitely don't want to see yeah. uh, or encounter in an airplane. And that drone pilot should have seen us coming and should have just gotten out of the way, but that obviously didn't didn't happen. So the 400 foot rule is a major one. The other one is to keep the drone in visual line of sight at all times. And I know that can be kind of challenging to do because you know you go, well, I got this new drone and it let me see how far can it go? And I don't because it's to... got return to home. Right? Yes, yeah. I can press this button; <laughs> it's going to come right back to me. Which that does work. The return <laughs> to home is really awesome. <laughs> And it actually works. But if if a uh, if a pilot decides, yeah, you know what, I'm just going to take it. I'll just take it way over there. It'll go over the hill. I won't see it. But well, that's now you are, you know, you're accepting responsibility for anything that's going to happen there. When it comes down to it, if you cause uh, an accident or an incident or damage to persons or property and they come back and say, hey, well, how could you have had this in line of sight? You, mm-hmm. you have nothing that you can say about mm-hmm. it. And by the way, if you have one of those DJI drones or, or some of the other ones now, I mean, they... It, it it records everything itself not just like camera wise i'm not talking like that where you've got the visual there's i'm talking all of the data as far as how fast you were going how high it is how far it is everything because it's all gps based it knows all of that so if it really came down to it you've got nowhere to hide yeah Okay. So if they
0: if they found this drone, let's say in somebody's property, they can pull that o- that thing open, and know
2: S- so, somebody could who knows what they're doing could yeah. could yeah. be able to access that information. Um, as far as uh, just one of the other rules too, you know, there's an app out there, and it uh, it's called Before You Fly. It's the letter B, number four, the letter U, like B four U Fly. Mm-hmm. That's a great app. It's free. Uh, you can get that and just basically open it up, and it's going to use your location, and it's going to tell you right there if you're cleared to fly or not based off of your airspace what what kind of airspace is nearby so for instance nashville you know bna is class charlie airspace that's controlled airspace and so if you are let's say near that airport and you want to go fly your drone well you pull up before you fly first before you launch that drone it'll tell you if it's okay to fly there or not Mm -hmm. and if you got the green light from it then you're okay to fly then outstanding you can go fly but it doesn't necessarily mean you can go up to 400 feet yeah so you know use that app or i use another one called aloft a-l-o-f-t and those two really work kind of in conjunction with each other and uh that helps uh, a drone pilot understand uh, kind of a, a a given quadrant that you want to fly in now if you are a part 107 pilot you can you can select some of that controlled airspace and say, look, I'd like to fly here. Mm-hmm. And then it will say, okay, well, how high do you need to fly? And you can tell it, and it, it knows your Part 107. And then you press, like, go, yeah. and it will come right back to you and tell you if you were authorized or not. And if you're authorized, then you're good to go, and okay. you go fly for the amount of time that you said you were going to fly.
0: Let me ask you this. In regards to uh, helicopters, they have their flight level still 500? I mean, they can go lower than that, obviously, and they can hover there for yeah, I mean, yeah that's we, a whole different beast right, i guess yeah, we're dealing with helicopters yeah, it is, it is but, a whole it is a but whole as far as the beast. drones that could be pretty dangerous for, for a helicopter correct
2: yep so <laughs> it, it's really just about being safe and being conservative in your in in your drone flying and not not taking risks with things like if if you have to go well should i do this the answer we already know the answer is probably probably no
0: mm-hmm. they can fly at night or not
2: you can fly at night but you have to have a uh a, a strobe that can be seen for up to three miles. Right. Yeah, I believe is the the distance at night. So yeah, those are those are some of the the most basic ones that I think somebody with a brand new drone they're going to want to know how high they can fly it. They're going to want to know how far they can fly it, mm-hmm. and they're not really going to be that concerned about airspace around. They're just going to go, oh, cool, I'm going to go over and fly it over the river there, and then mm. they go fly it. So well, as we
0: said before, I mean we're in the flight path to BNA coming yep. through here. I mean you can see them all day long coming yep. in here, and you you got to think about that. I would think it would be one of the most important things. You can't go up there. (laughs)
2: That's right. That's right. Uh, And, and, you know, one of the other things, too, is some of these drones have kind of their own geofence in a sense. So it knows if you're like if you're going by some airspace, it's going to alert you and say, hey, look, you're by this airspace. And do you do you accept responsibility? Do you want to keep going? Yes or no? Or sometimes it'll just turn itself around and come home. Amazing. So um, they're you know they're building that kind of stuff into some of these drones as well.
0: What are the prices on some of these drones going for? I know there's probably a big range. Uh, they, they're right?
2: the range. The range is usually somewhere from let's say the eh, four or five hundred dollar range all the way on up to pretty much you name it. The drones that we're using at Liberty Creek are uh, we have DJI drones, we have Autel. Uh, robotics. We've got uh, Skydio two, um, and we've got like you know the Phantom Four Pro version two, and and we've got a, an FPV drone as well to help these kids learn how to fly and first person video with the, with the goggles on. But they you know they range they range in price. Oh, wow. Something that I'm kind of looking at maybe down the road would be to to possibly acquire a fixed wing drone, uh, and then with that we can do photogrammetry. Uh, which is, uh, you know, like mapping and do some agricultural applications and things mm-hmm. like that Wow! Uh, with some some of the apps that are out there. It's pretty oh, man, awesome.
0: amazing. We've been talking with Chris Peterson, an aviation instructor over at Liberty Creek High School right here in Sumner County. Great things going on there. I, I know you're so excited. I, mean, I can tell in your voice how yeah. excited you are about this and I think we are so glad to have you here running this program because its it, I think it's going to be a game changer and when you're making such headway with a lot of these things and the things that haven't been done before in, in high school, it, it's a good thing. So thank okay. you so very much for taking part of your day and coming in visiting with us. Well I
2: appreciate it. Thank you for
0: having me. It's great. Absolutely. We, we'd like
2: to invite people. Take a look at our website. That's libertycreekaviation.com libertycreekaviation.com and you, mm-hmm. can, you can see some of what we're doing there. We've got some, some media up there, you can take a look at some of our simulators and drones and things like that. We also have our Instagram over at Liberty Creek Aviation uh, there as well. Yeah, we're looking looking forward to seeing you and uh, see you out at the airport as well.
0: Yeah, that's great. All right, so that's uh, going to wrap it up for this edition of Sumner County Spotlight. I'm your host Jeff Shannon, and be sure to check it out on our podcast page at whinradio.com. Just click podcast and you'll see us right there. So, let's going to wrap it up for this edition of Sumner County Spotlight.
1: So long. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.